0: This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and today both Matt Krause and I are talking with Dave Elich. Dave's online course, Getting Out of Your Own Way, has been groundbreaking in terms of what it teaches and how. And on December 20th, Dave will release the third edition of it with over two hours of new content. Dave is a touring and session veteran based in L.A., and through his online course and private teaching is quickly becoming the go-to guru for physical mechanics and creative flow behind the kit. Matt interviewed Dave about a year ago just to kind of introduce Dave's course and overall approach. That was episode 299 if you want to check that out. Since then, Matt and I have both gone through the course and taken some lessons with Dave and we've both experienced some really amazing changes in our playing as a result. In addition to talking about what's new in his course, Dave specifically wanted to talk with both of us to see how things were going and what effects we're feeling. We would appreciate your support on Patreon. Go to patreon.com/slash working drummer and a donation in any amount gets you access to exclusive content from our former guests. Think of this as professional development for drummers, all useful and actionable lessons for the working pro. We're populating new content regularly, and as little as $1 a month gets you access to all of it. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can also make a one-time donation through PayPal. There are links for both on our homepage at WorkingDrummer.net. While you're there, you can learn more about this episode and check out our archive of over 300 episodes. Also, please subscribe to Working Drummer Podcast on your platform of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Lastly, however you listen, please leave us a rating and review. This helps new listeners find us. Please check out our latest Patreon content. Since a lot of us are doing more tracking lately, we're having some of our guests talk about a specific song they've tracked drums for and all the technical and creative aspects of that recording process. Great stuff there from Don Perry, Joe Bergamini, Stephen Chopek, and most recently Chuck Palmer. So check that out. Again, that's patreon.com slash working drummer. So Matt and I were both experiencing some issues in our playing, which you'll hear us talk about, and not only are those issues on the road to resolution, addressing them was a gateway to the bigger, more universal concepts in Dave's approach that have us playing and feeling very differently than we did just a year ago, physically, musically, and mentally. So let's get to it. All that and much more with Dave Elitche.
1: Heading to my place in Portland uh, tonight for a few days to relax, and then I'm heading back to LA and cool all to finish some touches on this on this course,
0: which is you know what we'll be talking about. Yeah, yeah. Why why do you have a place in Portland?
1: Uh, well, it's kind of a funny story. I uh, you guys know Sutter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Sutter Sutter and for years he's been like, "Oh yeah, Man, so you got to you got to get an Airbnb and blah 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 blah." blah, blah, blah right. and you know. Blah, 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 you know? And, so, Sutter and, sold
0: uh, you one of his 27 properties, I see.
1: Yeah, he flipped he it on time, you. He, sl- he sold me a timeshare. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, basically he just got in my head after years and years and years and years of um of this stuff and so i I did a clinic at revival back in 2018 and i was like you know what this reminds me a lot of sonoma county like kind of where i grew up in norcal yeah and i was like you know i'm never gonna be able to afford a place in la it's so crazy like um fuck it i'll just buy a place here it's really nice and i just impulsively bought a house (laughs) and then started started airbnbing it and uh and it's been a cool thing to you know i've learned a lot and uh so I Airbnb it and every three, four months I go up there and relax for a few days. And um uh, it's a nice sort of way to get out of LA and get back into nature and uh and recharge. And now I'm starting to look for a place in LA, funny enough. So um uh, so man, good luck. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it. It's Oof. bonkers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. So
1: yeah. Uh but it's been a good investment. So, you know, hopefully people keep Airbnb.
2: Yeah. Maybe we need to do an episode just on that. I, I remember talking to Sutter years ago, and we went to his Airbnb and 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 you know, he tried to sell me on the whole thing. You know, it was pretty funny at the time.
1: That's hilarious. yeah, I mean, he's I love Sutter. he's a character, but he's he's smart dude. He knows what he's doing.
2: Yep. I tell you what, man, that's smart. I mean, I, I, it, it, we get into the reality of some of this stuff and the reality of the the the, the music business. I mean, so why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally.
2: So let's, I mean, let's jump right
0: into it. What is uh, new, and I believe this is the third iteration of your online course, right?
1: Yes, correct. So, so, so essentially what the deal with this course is, is, um, you know, I came out with the course originally getting out of your own way in 2018 and At that point in time, no one had done an instructional course yet online. Uh, Everyone was doing DVDs and VHS tapes in Guitar Center. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do an online course. And I'm not really into the way a lot of this stuff was being marketed, which is mainly a subscription-based model, which works really well for the person who owns the website. But I don't want to be on the hook to make content constantly. I'm just too busy to be doing that. I don't want to be charging people's credit cards $30 a month for years at a time and then they forget and then they're like, Oh my god, I've spent 1000s of dollars. I didn't think that was cool. And I don't want to be doling out content once a week. So I was like, Look, I'm gonna make a course that is just cuts to the core of of the most important things that I think you need to know as a working drummer. And I'm going to give you everything immediately. And it's going to be a living, breathing document, which actually I don't think enough people really truly understand, um, even though this is going to be the sort of third iteration or volume I've done. So about six months after I released Getting Out Your Own Way initially, I was like, oh, man, I can do a lot of this stuff a lot better because i was thinking going into filming at the first time oh i'll just do what i do every day with people but then talking to a camera is completely different than working with someone in real time so the first version came out and i was like okay i gotta i gotta fix a few things and and i'm constantly learning so i came out with the second um version of it shortly after that maybe six months or something like that or a year uh and then now i'm gonna be coming out with the third third version of it um called uh, hidden in plain sight and i have about two hours of new content and new and improved content wow. and i've been set i've been studying a lot of alexander technique and a lot of breathing over the last several years and so there was a lot of stuff that i again i teach every day i work with college students you know, all the way to hobbyists, to the best drummers in the world. And I'm constantly improving and learning. It's a teaching practice. So I was like, you know, there's certain ways I'm doing this now that I think are better than what's in there. So I need to do a big update. And so, uh, so yeah, there's a huge, huge, huge update. And I did two days at sound city, which is just an unbelievable, unbelievable studio. So it looks and sounds just incredible. I'm super stoked for everyone to see it.
2: Awesome. So, I should say, I, sorry to cut you off, Zach. I should tell let our listeners know that Zach and I both have taken. I took one lesson from you, Zach. Did you take a couple lessons? Yeah, yeah. From him? Okay, and we all we both signed up for the course, uh, and uh, just let people know that because it's all out there doesn't mean that oh well I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go through the course tonight and then I'll be done. <laughs> there are. Th- There are things in that course, I mean, just the hand technique alone is, now I signed up probably in February or so, or maybe before our lesson or after our lesson, so less than a year, but almost a year, so I've been spending some time on just a couple key things, because you are talking about some stuff that is applicable at a pro level and takes time, takes patience, and uh, takes dedication and so it's not something you just kind of like digest and like oh cool check now there are some things that are game changers as soon as it comes out of your mouth i'm like oh shit i'm doing that yep. tonight <laughs> yep <laughs> right 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 and then there's the complete opposite where it's like this will be my thing for the next and i hope in three months i see some change yeah so people need to know this is a long game situation
1: Uh, absolutely And, and that was one of the reasons i was so stoked to do this with you guys because we've you know i've worked together with both of you individually and you guys have checked out the course so it would be fun and you guys are both out there doing it for real in real life so you know whenever i work with people after i see them i'm like okay like you have any questions observations like what can you guys tell me uh Good or bad, anything like what like what Do you have any questions like I always love having people steer the lesson. I'm not going to sit here and go, okay. here's what we're going to do today. I I, I like saying you let me know what we want to do and I'll help you out the best way we possibly can. So so I would love to hear from you guys. I mean, this is your podcast, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Like what has been super helpful from from the lessons in the
0: course,
2: Matt, you want to go? Yeah, man, I can go for sure. And so when we when we spoke, um, maybe some of our listeners might know I've I've been dealing with with kind of like a, a, a damaged nerve issue in the left arm, and and it's it's been a slow, steady process. And I've been I've been playing better and better all the time. I realize this might be something I'm going to have to deal with, but I, I f- I'm feeling better. But one of the key components to this is applying. Some of these non drum ideas, like the breathing, the posture, the Alexander technique, um, a combination of the course and the lesson. Uh, I can tell you right now, posture, huge. Now, I also uh, participated in the drum hangs thing when you had um, Sandra. Sandra, yeah, is it Dagger? Dagger. Dagger. Sandra Dagger. I participated in in that, and gosh, the whole posture thing and just feeling like the arms were freeing up. Um, Here's a huge thing for me is meditation. That has allowed me to relax, and because with any type of physical issue, impediment, a lot of times we naturally tense up, and tension is... Oh my gosh! For this instrument is the well for any instrument, obviously, but it's it's the worst. It's the enemy uh, hand grip. I love the resting and resetting of limbs. You know, whether it's my kick drum foot, the uh, the left hand. You know, just kind of different ways to get through um, fast tempos, heavy playing, long gigs, those kinds of things. Kind of, I feel like I have a renewed, sustained energy in applying these things. And and of course, then my tone starts to improve. Um, a big thing uh, uh, that uh, I've taken away is in uh, a second part of your online course is dance while you're playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I know everybody's experience is different, but if I have a really good gig, I try and take inventory. It's like, what did I do? That made that gig feel good. That sounded good. What what did I eat? How much did I sleep? You know, blah blah blah. All these things, and and because of technology, I've been able to like look back and see. And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving. What's my body doing? What's this? And I, I rem- remember that I'm moving. I'm allowing myself to move. And um, with if I feel like any type of pain or tension with the injury that I'm dealing with. I'm, I' I get scared, I stiffen up, and then all of a sudden it it makes it worse. And it's like I, I did a gig um, a couple of days ago in Las Vegas, and it was an outdoor. There's tons of people, and we're playing with this group that I'm playing. We're playing lots of like ballads in the middle. This is some of their hits, their ballads. And I tell you what, trying to play at a slow and mid slow tempo under stress is amazingly difficult when you're stiff yeah yep. and so that dancing thing that turning side to side that motion um was super helpful and i felt good and i, I you know it, it was just it was just one of those things that you talked about and i'm like oh my gosh i need to do that i need to be cognizant of when i'm not doing it and it's when i'm you know under a high pressure situation slow tempo, just kind of recognizing that and then hopefully get to the point where I'm doing it without thinking.
1: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff in there. What you just said, and it's all so cool. And, and I'm so stoked because that's why I do this because there's so much stuff out there that essentially is irrelevant. And I'm trying to cut to the core and go, this is all the stuff that you're going to take to a gig either now or later and it will actually yeah. help you. So, so that's something like just just swiveling back and forth. That's something yeah. that you can implement immediately. And you have to be upright and you have to be relaxed to be able to do that. And the, it's so funny because so many people are like have been calling me like, oh, Dave Eulich is like the posture guy. And it's so strange <laughs> to me because that's just like one element of this whole thing. Uh, I, it's not like the only thing I care about. It's just a piece of the puzzle. But it goes to show how that has not been addressed at all yeah. in the, really the entire history of this instrument, which is uh, insane. Yeah. Because as a hu- as a human being, you're not meant to sit down uh, for really at all, or for a, for for a long period of time, and you're certainly not meant to sit down and pick your feet up in the air. You would would never do that, ever, if you weren't playing drums. And as soon as that stop starts happening, if you don't have good posture, which most people don't because they spend a life of slouching and sitting in soft chairs or beanbags or couches, They don't know how to organize themselves so everything's working and they're coming from an expansive place, not a collapsing into themselves place. So it's so funny because, yes, the posture is extremely important, but it seems to be one of the main things that people have latched on to because i think no one has ever addressed it at least yeah. not properly in this instrument
0: i love that word expansive because like when when you said that it it made me think of of the difference in how i feel over the last few months behind the kit because before it it felt like my energy sort of ended at my fingertips or at my toes mm. right and i just kind mm-hmm. of felt locked mm-hmm. up um, but you know, since, since I've had these lessons with you and gone through the course, I'm feeling just the reach of my energy, like expand into the kit and, and beyond the kit. Um, and I feel like Matt had a similar experience with you as, as I did, because we both sort of, um, went to you about a specific issue right like in Matt's case it was it was the the nerve thing in his wrist and forearm in in my mm-hmm. case it was this junk in my right hip with all this tension and like aching yep. and hamstring bullshit so like mm-hmm. we we went to you just saying like can you fix this one thing and you were right. like yeah absolutely i can fix that one thing but but before very long i think we both uh just we're we're taking a completely different approach to the entire instrument, to our entire way of playing. Um, and you know, for each of us, that, that little entree, like the entry point was just this one thing that was bothering us, but it kind of led us down this path of like, Oh, this is fucked too. Oh, now like as soon as, as, (laughs) as soon as we got more awareness of like how we're moving around the kit, um, I think we both realized, um, all the stuff that wasn't working, that wasn't necessarily causing us physical pain, but right. Just locked up in some way, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and that's a great way to put it because through, through misuse of our bodies, a lot of times uh, after a lifetime of, of doing that, you become numb to your own body. So certain things you won't even be aware of, but when certain things do pop up, you go, Oh, I need to fix this, but that's just a specific symptom. Of the overall use or, or misuse of your body. And a lot of times I was just up at Bentley's uh, in Fresno giving some lessons, and one of the guys uh, was sort of like beaten down afterwards. He was like, Oh man, I'm like, hey man, how's it going? Like because I had people coming in and out. He's like, Oh, you know, like and, and it's 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 a lot, it's a lot sometimes, and people get yeah. overwhelmed, but but uh, it just goes to show like how much how how much there is that you haven't been doing and how much better you can feel. Like yep. you've essentially been driving around with the emergency brake on your whole life and you don't...
2: Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, look, we can just take this thing off and look at all this stuff that's that's like at your disposal now. And I think some people go like, oh man, I'm overwhelmed, <laughs> you know, but it's a good thing.
2: Yeah. 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 But- I can I can say as the OG in the room here um,
3: <laughs>
2: that uh, the the process that I'm going through now to get better is a is, again is a long game. I mean it's I'm trying to be super patient and and most of the time I am you know and consistent. I, I have a deep tissue massage therapist that I see on a regular basis. She, Dave, I. I've never said the F word so many times in front of (laughs) me. Good! I mean, she kicks my ass, and it's so wonderful. So anyways, that's been great, but she she keeps tabs on my progress. She really knows, and she knows when I'm doing my homework, so we're not starting at a base level when I walk in and spend money and time with her. the 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 other thing i'll say about that is so i'm just trying to be patient with it i feel like i'm i feel stronger i feel like i'm getting better and i'm just going to keep on and just you know there's there's so many other elements we could just spend so much time talking about all the other things that that are involved in you know diet and hydration and all these things that are so non-rock and roll (laughs) (laughs)
1: well but that's really what this is all about is zooming out and looking at the macro and looking at how you live your life yeah and then steering that towards the instrument that's why so much of what has been out there in the history of this instrument is backwards because these people taught from the place from the perspective of the instrument as the jumping off point and then they got everything upside down and backwards instead of zooming out and going hold on a second how am I walking? How am I eating? How am I sleeping? How am I breathing? How am I sitting? Like, and then looking at these 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 elements of universality and and seeing this constellation of of truth, and then applying that to the instrument. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And and when you're getting that body work done, man, you can't lie about that stuff. <laughs> She's gonna know. And and, yep. and that and for people that don't remember the last episode we did the whole intro to the episode was you was me diagnosing what was wrong with your shoulder. And you yeah. were like, well, I've been trying this and this and that. And I was like, dude, you got to get some deep tissue sports massage. That's, that's the only thing that works. Yeah. 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 And here we are, yep. you know? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's been great. What about you, Zach? What, what's your, do you, I took up a lot of space with that. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> with my, well, no, like like I said, you know, um,
0: similar to you, there have just been sort of these big macro changes that that um, have completely altered like how I feel behind the kit, um, and you know, I'm I'm at a place in my playing and in my career where like I I I got with Dave because I wanted to feel the way he feels behind the kit. I realized mm. I had to. Um, I had to just get my physicality right and sort of put, um, my, you know, musical, creative chippity choppity ambition on the back (laughs) burner and just go back to rock beat number one and, (laughs) you know, get that feeling solid. So, so that's the journey that I've been on, but it's been really cool because, you know, I mean, one of the, one of the things we get in our head most about is like you know, what we're playing, the content, right? Like, is it, is it cool enough? Is it choppy enough? Is it hip enough? Blah, blah, blah. And that's a, um, you know, that's, a, that's a, a poisonous inner dialogue for most of us. Um, but like mm. just mm. focusing on the physical has kind of like, I've, I've found the permission to just play simply. Um, and um, like Matt said, you know, I'm, I'm finding better tone. I'm finding better time like just mm. the you know the basics and the fundamentals are feeling and sounding so much better that i don't often like it still creeps in there once in a while because i'm that's just you know how my fucking brain works and i'll right. go I'll, you know right. i'll go for something and it'll be like nope that no no that's not what you need right <laughs> well
3: it's, it's
1: it's beautiful the way you put that uh giving yourself the permission and, and what you're alluding to here is is essentially the, the ego right yeah and a lot of and a lot of people unintentionally equate technique and use with chops and facility Mm. and that's another thing that i have to spend a lot of time breaking down because people carry that assumption and they don't even realize it and you know i know everyone's probably studied with people who's like some old cat who's like yeah man you don't need to have chops just play pocket like whatever and, and, but he doesn't have chops. So he's sort of a cop. So it's sort of a cop out. Like I have a ton of chops. I can play all kinds of stuff, but uh that's, and technique is a f- way to that. Absolutely. But it's also a way to having great feel and time. And, and they're not mutually exclusive. It's just a lot of instances we're presented with are people who have a ton of facility going look at all this stuff and people think that technique is like that's the only use for it but i have to point out all the time like i have friends who work who are phenomenal drummers and they have horrible use of their body yeah. like you know there's a super there's a super famous guy who i have not worked with who's older who sounded incredible in the 70s and 80s and 90s and then he started studying with someone and now he's like has quote unquote better technique i guess than what he did but he sounds terrible (laughs) uh you know and it's like i'd much rather watch him all slumped over with the rack toms looking at him (laughs) too low and him being all greasy and sounding good instead of uh you know uh you know it's an interesting people always get surprised when i say this because it's like I'd much rather have someone that, that has horrible use and like feels good rather than someone that's like more upright and kind of stiff and like feels sort of blocky. Yeah. Um, And you could argue, well, well, do they even have good use at that point? But like, you know, like you guys understand what I'm, what I'm saying. It's like, at the end of the day, I would only want to help these guys sit up straight so they don't blow out their back.
0: Right. Like if, if, Mm. if you're in the, if you're in the mind frame that like, you know, my, My poor use is like if if you can only do choppy shit or if you can only, you know, feel good with poor use, then right, then like ideally you want to have both like I'm in this position now where like I'm getting a feel for proper use. But right. with that proper use, I can't do a lot of the shit that I used to do because what I used right. to do was end gainings. Like you've got me, right. you've, you've got me, you know, this, this whole end gaming, <laughs> end gaining uh, concept is yeah. in the back of my mind yeah. all the time and I can feel myself do it. And when I mention those instances where like, you know, something will creep into my head and I'll be like, try something choppy. You know, a lot of it it won't be it won't be a train wreck, like I'll do the thing, but I can feel in that second, I can feel my body just like slip out of proper use and into end gaining and I'm like, Oh, I can't do that thing with proper use yet. So I feel like my my proper use journey is catching up to, you know, all the vocabulary that I've built up over twenty-five years.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so for the people at home, end gaining, G-A-I-N-I-N-G, is an Alexander Technique term where you're so focused on the end goal of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, that could be speaking or standing up or lifting weights or playing drums, that you end up misusing your body in order to achieve that goal. And I always use the example of someone at the gym curling dumbbells that are way too heavy and they're like throwing their back backwards just to like lift up the dumbbells right. using themselves. So, and something else I was teaching, uh, I've been teaching this kid who's going to Berkeley right now and uh, we were talking about vocabulary and I was talking about a drummer who does, who's an incredible drummer and he does the same exact fill every day every single time and it's like this guy's so good and he just keeps doing the same fill over and over again it drives me nuts and he said oh yeah well that guy actually came came and did a clinic here and and he said that when he gets nervous he does that fill Hmm. (laughs) so i think a lot of a lot of the especially when it comes to to chops or fills a lot of that comes from simultaneously the ego and being self-conscious or nervous, and then we revert back to our habitual, normal use of our bodies, which feels comfortable to us and like uh, like home, even though it might not be the best way to do it. And inherently, because some of our habitual use of our body, our, our normal use of our body feels right and uh, uh uh comfortable inherently speaking when we start to move more into a natural intended use of our body it will feel foreign or weird or wrong yeah and that is the mindfuck that essentially alexander technique is and and what's very similar in, in the work i do i'm not a certified certified alexander technique teacher i just am a, i'm a hypersensitive hyper hypersensitive person And so a lot of this stuff has been obvious to me from a very young age, and Alexander Technique over the last several years has has been a crystallized form of that.
2: Can you spend just a a second kind of explaining Alexander Technique, maybe to somebody that's listening to... You here as a guest for the first time, uh, we had an episode with you on it. We'll put the number in somewhere uh, back last December. So uh, Zach and I were discussing this, that it's been almost a year. And then um, and then also, if you can, maybe talk about, if you're able to like provide any specifics about some of the things that you are going to bring to the table in version three.
1: Sure. So... Alexander Technique is something that was invented by this guy, uh, Frederick Matthias Alexander, in the late 1800s, so the Victorian era. And he was originally from Tasmania and then moved to Australia and then moved to England. And long story short is he was a he had like a one man Shakespeare play that he did that he was kind of famous for back in the day and this is obviously way before amplifiers and pa systems so he would uh, project his voice quite loudly and after a while he started to lose his voice and so we went and sought out help from doctors. And back in the day, you know, they're like, oh, we'll just cut your vocal cords. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I don't...
0: we'll get you set up with some <laughs> leeches. And uh... yeah, exactly. he beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. So he ended up surrounding himself in a room with mirrors and just observed himself, how he used his body when he went to speak. And he did this for months. And he happened to be a total genius and he came up with a lot of these original wildly original ideas uh like end gaining and and normal versus natural use and uh the primary control and all of these concepts and essentially what it all comes down to is returning to being a toddler essentially like if you watch a a three-year-old go to pick something up They squat down perfectly. Yeah. Like they don't think about whether their form is perfect and that they lead with their head when they move. And because they haven't been sort of. Like. Bared down upon by living in modern day society yet, which is this force that compacts us. uh, Metaphorically and literally. So, you know, as soon as where we get, start going to school, we're sitting these cramped, desks i'm left-handed so in those crappy old desks where they can only be right-handed and write on them i had to like lean over it was super uncomfortable
3: uh
1: yeah so you know and then we then we get a day job we sit in these chairs which are too soft and everything we do in modern living in modern day society turns our natural use into this habitual use which is unnatural and so the work Really comes down to being as, being as aware of yourself, and plugged into yourself, and present and sensitive as possible. And it's just like doing therapy. It's like just because you know what you've been doing or you're doing doesn't automatically mean you're going to stop doing it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's really the crux of this work is is first being aware of these things, and then putting in the time to turn your habitual use into a more natural use. And that can take months or years uh, sometimes. And so I've studied with Sandra Dager, who's amazing. We did all those drum hangs together. And then I also studied with Jean, Jean-Louis Rodrigue at UCLA. And it's something I've, I've been doing a ton of research. And I, when I started studying it, I was like, oh, my God, this is what I've been doing. Because yeah. I always felt like I was alone, like because everything I was saying was the opposite of what I've been taught in many ways and definitely the opposite of what's been out there and sort of what these guru type figures have taught uh, in the in the industry and they're sort of uh, people who have inherited their pedagogy um it's the opposite of that and then when i found alexander i was like oh my god this is what i've been doing and like he explains it in such a clear-cut way and then when i would work with sandra and jean louis it would just further reinforce everything and they would say things without me having to say things like go, my god that's what i do or they would i would be like i you know i feel like i'm unusually sensitive and they would be like, yeah, you're like the most sensitive person I've ever worked with. And so it was <laughs> so like it sounds weird to people when I when I work with them, but I'll be working with people even over Zoom or Skype and I'll be like, hey, can you re- like relax your tongue or can you relax your, your butt cheeks or can you relax your stomach? And they're like, how can you see that? It's like, not me seeing it, it's me feeling it like I can feel it. Hmm. And we're all we're all capable of that it's just largely unconscious. Like we communicate mostly non-verbally through uh, as human beings. And so I'm just more conscious of that than the average person. But if you walk into a room and you're holding tension, a lot of people will unconsciously be like, Oh, that guy's vibe is weird. That's what vibe means. A vibration, you know, like tension right. is a vibration. So okay. all of this, all of this stuff that I'm talking about, this is, already in the course but it's much more direct instead of me sort of talking around it it's much more direct um as well as i've been doing a lot of research into breathing um you know i've been meditating for a really long time that's already in the course and breathing is a huge element of that and uh my buddy damian fahey who's a good friend of mine who's a drummer and he used to host trl back in the day and he writes for family guy now he's a really good dude (laughs) he sent me yeah I know. Pretty crazy. He sent me a um, a podcast episode. I think it was NPR Fresh Air with right at the beginning of the pandemic with James Nestor, who wrote this book called Breath, which has been like a huge success. And it completely blew my mind. And I immediately was like, oh, wow, I have a lot of work I have to do here. So there were certain things in the course uh, that I needed to fix, like straight up. "Whoop, that's not Like my meditation the way it is now i'm paradoxically or clavicularly breathing like crazy like i'm breathing up into my shoulders which is not what you want to be doing you want to be breathing through through the diaphragm and and i was a lifelong mouth breather which is terrible for you so you know like like i like i said like i'm constantly learning things and so that's that's why this course uh, you know forever is going to be something that every once in a while i'm like okay new and improved. Here you go. And, um,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: And that, that's the deal. So, so yeah.
0: Can you give an example? Like you, you, you gave an example of the, you know, the toddler picking something up off the ground. Um, that, that seems like, uh, Alexander technique, one Oh one, um, another, like another one Oh one concept that, that you hit me to was, um, you know, whether behind the kit or otherwise, like not holding my head out in front of my body, like actually stacking, yep. my stacking my skull over my spine. Um, and yes. so that, that's something I'm now aware of, like behind the drums and when I'm out walking the dog and when I'm eating dinner, like all that mm-hmm. shit. Like, can you give another example mm-hmm. or two of, of something that Alexander technique sort of enlightened you about how you use your body or how you hold your body?
1: Yeah, a lot of the brilliant thing with Alexander technique as a as a pedagogy, and also with the type of people that are attracted to be teachers, I think the type of people that are that are attracted to it are fundamentally unusually sensitive people. So that's why they get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the connection I had with both Sandra and Jean Louis when I first met them was like I. I get it. Like, I see that you can also sort of see behind the veil. Mm -hmm. Like There's sort of like this wink. I I don't know how to put it, but uh, Patrick Moritoglu, who I'm a huge fan of, who's Serena Williams' tennis coach, is a great Instagram page. I repost his stuff all the time. I see those things. I love that guy. Yeah. Everything he says is the same thing. And I ended up DMing with him, and I said, you know, in the most humble way, like, we have the same gift and I, I know you have it and i'd love to talk to you about it at some point and he was like that's so funny i used to be a musician before tennis mm-hmm. and uh i totally i totally understand what you're saying and let's talk about it at some point so uh, i'm really looking looking forward to that um so so to sort of circle back here um you know it can it can be something as simple as when you go to sit down wh- what whether it's on a throne or at your computer or on the couch a lot of people just sort of let go and sort of fall and collapse into a pile of themselves on whatever they're sitting on yeah and literally as like, as, a,
0: as i get older that is getting noisier and noisier it's, there's just <laughs> like ah.
1: <laughs> exactly so you're just like collapsing into something like literally falling into it instead of uh, hinging at the hips which sounds so obvious but being able to get up and sit down without like either throwing your like like falling into something or throwing yourself up hmm. is actually hmm. astonishingly difficult um a- and i think that the real gem of of alexander is that he was able to just it's it's just these like suggestions or these sentences that pierce through and you're like oh my god I get it. It it's like with teaching when teaching is really just coming up with the perfect analogy for for that person. Yeah. So with whatever I'm trying to portray, I have five or six different analogies at hand that will make the light bulb go off. You know, because again, it's it's that universality. So. Um, one other thing with Alexander that that's huge is there's there's a they do table work with people so that so you might be um, lying down on a on a um, massage table and it, they're not doing massage work but what they're doing is you're lying down on the table and they'll put their hands underneath you and around you and pick up your limbs in a way that gets you to release the tension in your body because you're lying down, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you can release all of the tension in your body. And it feels like I always say it feels like your back or your whole body is really like turns into pancake batter and it's just like (laughs) sinking into the table. And it's funny because before I started studying this stuff, what I would do intuitively is I would hold people's arms or their legs up. And, and I would, I would get them to try to release and let me hold them up. But because you're sitting up, yeah, it, it, it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult than, than, than lying down. So there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it and reading about it is there's a, there's a book called Alexander Technique, a skill for life by Pedro de Alcantara, which I tell everyone to get. Reading about it is fantastic conceptually, but you have to get together with someone and do some in-person sessions. That's the really the the only way for it for it to click. And one other thing I'll say is, before I got into it, I, I was curious about it for years, but every time I would look into it, it always I always got this sort of woo-woo, patchouli, crystal, sage vibe. Yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't know it's just like some weird bullshit like what is this <laughs> and then when i started studying it i was like oh no this is like has nothing to do with that scene at all like it's a totally not that that's completely bunk like that's it's you can't you know say that obviously there are certain elements that are more true than others or more useful than others but right, right. uh this is this is like it, it's none of that it's just like Let's let's just try to use the body as it was intended. Yeah. And and it's really that simple.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what's in the back of my mind all the time now, is like, is 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 what I'm doing right now a result of, you know, the fact that I'm a human in the 21st century and been playing right. drums for all this mm-hmm. time, or is is what I'm doing like what I would be doing if I was a caveman. Like
1: <laughs> And that's and that's exactly the way I think as well. And I think that's really beneficial. And when you watch footage of native american tribes or or uh or uncontacted tribes from the amazon or tribes in africa they're all these you don't see no one's fat right um (laughs) no one's mouth breathing everybody has amazing teeth everybody's in great shape everybody uses themselves in, in a really fantastic way and they're not cognizant of any of that they're just living
2: right yeah
1: that's what it's all about
2: it's interesting Uh, my wife did refugee work for a long time and and people come to this country from a third world country and and they see all these gyms and these things which i like i mean i i i'm kind of a gym rat i like to go to those do those things but but it's so funny they're like why would you get on a treadmill and walk like i have to walk to work every day (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so funny. I say the same thing every day at the gym. Like, you see these people getting in the elevator and and to (laughs) to go to a treadmill. And it's like, what are you doing?
2: (laughs) Or fight for a great parking spot next to the door, the front door. (laughs) I've been real fortunate again to go back to my um, deep tissue masseuse. When I first started with her, I wasn't drinking enough water and I was my stomach was getting kind of funky. And so she would kind of change things up and then she would work on my wrist a little bit, you know, after working on shoulders and large muscle groups, and then just to kind of give me a break, let my stomach settle, and she'd hold my hand and she'd be working on my wrist and she's like, Oh my god, I feel sick. She's like, I, I know what you're feeling right now. She would feel wow. that and, um, you know, she would just look at me or she, you know, we'd be, I, I have to pay her twice, partly for for therapy and partly for the <laughs> physical therapy, but she feels those things. She feels that in my body, you know? And, um, the other thing I'll, 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 say about her, and I wonder if you could speak to this is after seeing her for about three months, I came into her and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good. You know, at the end of the session, she said, I got to tell you something you've got to let this go. You are letting this rule your life. Like, I realize we're here, we're here to work on this, and so it's gonna be part of what we talk about along with everything else. But she said, you are letting this dominate your life, and you are constantly thinking about this. And my, my wife also brought that up about meditation. I, I, I said to her, I said, man, I'm feeling really good. I feel like this meditation is helping my playing and everything like that. goes, like, that's great. That's good to hear. She goes, but I want to remind you that this is not a competition. Like, I know everything to you is, like, performance-oriented. But when you're meditating, you need to just think about it. She has more experience at it than I do. She says, you need to just kind of let go and be like, body heal itself. Just let's go. So those two examples, my point is the separation of mind and body in, in, in trying to not let my mind just completely dominate the narrative of my body trying to heal itself and just kind of like find those natural places where i can get better and then start um, it was just consuming my, um, my, my being my thought process and, and it was depressing and I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying my playing. I wasn't enjoying um, gigs, and I, and that was the most depressing thing because it's one of the, the things that bring me the most joy in life.
1: Mm, mm. Well, it sounds like first of all that you have two really smart, powerful women in your life, which is.
2: I have more than two, but those are two great examples.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, uh, um, and uh, it's funny, like um, Sandra's. Sandra Dager, my one of my Alexander teachers, is around seventy. Diana Linden, my sports massage therapist, is seventy-four. Who I saw? Yeah, great. Right, right, we can talk about yeah. that too. Um, and my therapist is uh, is eighty. So like, when I'm, you know, a few of my friends are like, "Man, you really, uh, really got this <laughs> like old woman guide thing. You really, you know, dialed in." It's like, man, I'm super super fortunate that I that I that I have them in my life.
2: You're like a character in the Dark Crystal, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> so, for you
1: saying that your that your deep tissue massage therapist was like, "Oh, I I feel sick," that sounds to someone who's inexperienced or uninitiated into this sort of scene, that sounds super out there. But <clears throat> that's a real thing. Yeah. It's a very real thing, and you have to be open. You know, I'm I'm a very skeptical person, and you have to be open to having these types of experiences, and they will present themselves to you as such. And um, so, (laughs) without running the risk of being a cornball here, in terms of letting letting the body heal itself, you do have to sort of get out of your own way here. Yeah. And, as, and as someone who uh, both parents are, are from New York, my mom's, uh, you know, typical Jewish mother from Queens, the neurotic <laughs> uh, the neurotic Jew gene is pretty high. And, <laughs> you know, with, with this kind of stuff that we're talking about, when you have some sort of physiological ailment, my tendency is is also to zero in on it because you want to fix it uh yeah. and also you know w- worrying about it as well but the more you worry about it and the more you fix <sighs> it want to fix it ironically the worse it gets yes and so it is a total paradox because you're like well i want to fix this and i'm working on it but then in order to really get this taken care of i have to let go yeah and it's like well how do you do that and talking about the meditation you know i've mentioned the sam harris waking up app which i'm a huge fan of i would definitely recommend everyone listening to this check that out and he does a thing with that app where if you can't i think it's like eight bucks a month or something but if you can't afford it you email them they give you access for free so either way anyone and everyone should check that out i've used it pretty much every day since it came out um and Um, one of the things he reminds you about in that app is I do 10 minutes a day in the morning and he's like, look, we just did 10 minutes. That's great. But the whole point of this is, is very much not okay. I was just sitting in a dark room, cross-legged with my eyes closed and I was quote unquote meditating and now I'm done and I'm going to go live my life. That's not how this works. How this works is you want to check in with yourself when you're opening a door, when you're doing the dishes, when you put on your seatbelt in these moments during the day and realize that there is no separation between you sitting down and meditating and you living your life. It should be the same thing. And I think that is the best example I can give of of being able to let go and let the body heal itself because it does want to do that. Yeah, you know, my sister who I'm visiting right now is a, is a doctor. Um, she has a doctorate in nursing and she does palliative care. And we talk about that all the time. The body does have a natural propensity to heal itself, but you have to get out of your own way, which is not easy.
2: Well, and, I think what, what, what I was trying to convey to my wife was there's been times when I'm sitting behind the kid and I'm thinking, dude, the breathing, the meditation, applying that in that moment, I felt I felt the benefits of that, and so she's like, "That's great, that's great." But just to remind, sorry, Zach, I cut you off. There. No, it's
0: all good. I was, I was going to say how it, it's, it's easy, you know, especially for those of us who are uh, uh, neurotic or competitive or, or both. Um, mm. You know, when when you go down this road of just sort of this all this physical awareness, it can be really easy to, uh, like Matt said, just kind of let it take over your life, it can take over your brain while you're playing. And like you for, right. you forget to enjoy playing music because you're so right. like worked up about like, am I moving correctly?
3: Right. Um, yeah. So
0: I think that, you know, one of the challenges to look out for, for, for people who go down this road is like, you know, striking the balance between, you know, having more awareness, but, but not um, getting wrapped around the axle every minute of every day. Um,
1: Yes, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I have to remind people constantly. Uh, I I have to tell them like, look, when you're playing music, when you're playing a show, when you're recording, when you're doing anything that is the art of this and and uh, expressing yourself emotionally, don't worry about any of this stuff. I would yeah. much rather have you just you know slumped over and. Have your jaw and your wrist tight, and like (laughs) you being present and playing the music, then you going, Oh, am I sitting up straight? How's my, is there a gap in my fulcrum or is my fulcrum? Like that, because if you think about technique while you're playing music, it completely and utterly defeats the purpose of technique. Yeah. And, and it is a tool. That's it. And it's, it's as simple as, again, stepping out of drums. If you're going to, hit a uh, tennis ball, right? You don't go, "Okay, I hold the ball on my left hand. I throw it up in the air. Then I bring my right hand back and then I swing it forward to hit the ball." If you did that, you you'd be screwed. Right. Uh, it, like, it would never work. So like but there is a process of doing that kind of work in the shed and then after time like water dripping on a rock, it will eventually seep into and shape and mold and, and form the way you play. But when you're making music, just, just play.
0: Yeah. You also told me, um, you know, just a good sort of tip about making music in the moment. Um, where, like, we, you know, we were talking all about d- just this different way to sit, like getting back on your sit bones and having a straight spine, and mm-hmm. like my my head is probably like six inches further back in space than it used to be. Um, sure. And so, and you told me, like, you know, when you're on a gig, you are going to catch yourself like multiple times per song, just reverting mm-hmm. back to your old posture. And when that happens, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Just like correct it go back there it's going to happen a lot and it really yep. has like it's happened <laughs> so many times <laughs> but just just that that you know idea that you gave me like like it's going to happen correct it when you notice it don't worry about it move on um i i well the, the re- go ahead
1: the real ele- the real element with that is when that does happen a lot of people will go oh shit like i'm doing it again and they right. get like frustrated yeah yeah And and especially if you're hard on yourself and a lot of people who are excellent at something are hard on themselves. Uh, So like that's that's why I say that to people. And by the way, that very specific thing of what I call like turtling your head out in front of you is something I'm still working on myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's not like I have like perfect use of my body that doesn't even exist right as as a con- as a concept. So like the main thing is like yes we're all a work in progress and when you catch yourself reverting back to your habitual use it's all good yep. like it's a it's a practice that's like why when you go into talk to my sister about this. I was dealing with some health stuff a few years ago, and I was like, "Oh man, like no one knows what they're talking about. Like it's such a waste of time. It's so frustrating." And she's like, "Well, that's why it's called a practice, Hmm. a doctor's (laughs) practice." And I was like, "Oh wow, I never, I never thought about that." She's like,
2: "Scientific method, yeah,
1: yes, right." So yeah, it's really about not being hard on yourself and beating yourself up.
0: And also, I think that's like, another thing. Like celebrating. Sorry, Matt, but I was gonna say, like part of yeah. part of what keeps me from beating myself up is like celebrating the victories and celebrating the progress um, of feeling better after a gig, right? Like Beautiful. if you know, if I go through a two or three hour gig and and I have three dozen moments where like, oh shit, right, got to sit, you know, back and whatever. Yep. It, like at the end of that gig, I feel you know ten times better than I did a couple years ago you know, I might go back and look at the video from that gig. Like I'll do a time-lapse thing and just kind of watch, mm-hmm. like I'll, just, I'll, I'll record myself like from the right side and I'll just watch my posture, like go back and forth, yeah. <laughs> mm,
3: you know, but I like, it, like
0: at the end of that gig, it's like, wow, I feel so much better. That's a victory. I watch the video and it's like, I'm spending a lot more time in a better posture than I used to. And that's a victory. Um, so. And
1: that's, and that's the most important thing at the end of all of this work. I have people telling me that all the time. Like, man, I just got done playing a show and I could play a whole other show. Yeah. Yeah. That's people want to go, well, how do I know that this stuff works? Because it, because of that, because right. it works. Cause you feel better. Mm-hmm.
3: Right.
0: Yep. And like I said earlier, that's the whole reason that I got with you is because I could tell by like, I don't think I'm as sensitive a person as you are, but like, I could watch your videos and I could tell like, Just how strong, how comfortable, how loose you feel when you play. And I was like, shit, I want to feel like that. I don't play like you at all. I don't play like you
2: at all. But I knew that I could feel the
0: way you feel when you
2: play. Absolutely. But you play with power, so it's, you know, there's this loose, comfortable, finesse thing that we, we see maybe in some players, maybe some that play light, but 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 you, there are videos and there's performances of you hitting the shit out of the drums, but, <laughs> right. but there is that, you know, so that, because I think a lot, I, I think between Zach and I, I tend to play like loud, heavy gigs, and I, and he, and Zach knows, I, a lot of my gigs that I play in town, I'm playing three, four hours straight. Yeah, I have to be really cognizant of that. And sometimes every once in a while, back to back. So, yeah. uh,
1: And that's that's brutal.
2: Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it is brutal.
1: Um, <laughs> you got, yeah, you really got to have you really got to have your use dialed in to be able to, to do that. You know, yeah. you were, were you going to say something before?
2: I was, I was. You know, you talk about you know not beating yourself up when you slouch forward. That's another meditative technique that you have to get used to when you're practicing meditation. And I have a hard time with my m- my mind not wandering. one One of my one of the things I do when I meditate first thing in the morning is I don't turn my phone on on. I keep it on airplane mode. I use it for a timer. So that, and I put it out of sight. And because if I turn it on and I see what the news is, or if I see some bullshit like that.
1: In the vortex, yeah.
2: I am. So when my mind starts to wander, I, gent- you know, it, it's hard to do, but you have to say, it's okay, just bring it back. It's normal. You're human. Like you, you, you say often, look, we're human. We're going to do these things. So don't don't beat yourself up on that. Mm-hmm. The other thing you guys reminded me of Uh, Billy Ward had a series of articles. He put it together in a book, which was brilliant years ago. And he talked about um, something that he learned from Elvin Jones was when he was performing, he was not thinking about what he was doing. He was, you know, obviously within that context, you're really listening to other people. But I think it could be applied to all styles of music, where you're not listening to yourself, you're not paying attention to yourself. But when you're in the moment, creating art, performing, you're in the moment. And Elvin was pointing to the fact that I don't use any I thoughts. I don't think, look what I'm going to do, look at look at me, you know, these kinds of things. It was the collective, it was seeing himself in the third person and enjoying the moment. And I think that concept can be applied to this when we're trying to um, just put ourselves in the mode of performance and not get caught up in all the, the changes we're trying to make the better changes we're trying to make that, um, yeah. So, I mean, so I'm guessing you, you, you have students that what's your strategy for them? Like, don't think about this, but when, when do you practice that in the practice room, I guess, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, that stuff about Elvin is beautiful and, 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 you know, obviously he was one of the heaviest cats ever. Um, so it makes, it's no surprise to me that he was coming from a a place like that and, and we're doing all this work, to To be as musical a, 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 and and serving of the music a, a, as much as we can. That's the most important thing, and we work so hard on using ourselves in a healthy way. So, so we, so our self, uh, our bodies, essentially disappear.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, and, and it's the same way with meditation. You work so hard on 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 um, letting go of that monkey mind, and you can get so present. I'm sure you've had this experience where your body disappears as you're sitting there, and that is is at the end of the day what we're striving towards. And and to to answer your other question you work on this the same way you work on meditation right sit down and you meditate and and you do it the only difference is you're doing meditation by yourself whereas you're playing music largely in, in a group of people so so yes in terms of the use and the technique you work on that in the shed and then you do the best you can while you're playing music in the moment you check in every once in a while and uh I, my high school band teacher, Vance, Vance Regan, I grew up in this really small town in Northern California, Sebastopol, and uh, like 7,000 people, and we happened to have a fantastic music program in my high school. And uh, and Vance Regan, the band director, was totally hard on me, and uh, which I am thankful for now. And I remember him telling the the, the orchestra once, he was like, you rehearse it 100%, you perform at 75%. Hmm. Yeah. You just do the best you can. And mm-hmm. and that's all that's all that's all we can that's all we can do. So um it's about it's about putting as much conscious effort and focused, deliberate work as you can, so you end up physiologically essentially disappearing or being as much of a conduit as possible.
3: I
0: love that idea of your your body disappearing and, and I've um I've experienced that like in different ways in different periods of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And re- like recently, it's for like from a practical standpoint, the the reason that I got with you is because I didn't want to think about my body anymore, right? Like my, mm. my body was forcing me to think about it because it was hurting or because it was mm. locked up or because it just wouldn't like it. I couldn't, I didn't know how to get it to do what i wanted it to do. So i was in my mm-hmm. head about all my physicality and so like in in the short term i'm trading i'm i'm trading being in my head about things not working right for being in my head about how to make things work right because now i have some of the tools so now i'm obsessed with these tools and like applying the right. tools on the gig. Right. So like in the short term, I'm, I'm still like very aware of my body, but already I've had like moments, um, you know, here in my studio and out on gigs where like these, these new tools are becoming enough of a habit that I forget about them and that my body just goes. And that's,
1: and that's wonderful. And that's exactly the path you, you have to work really hard on this stuff and then they slowly become integrated and then you'll surprise yourself. you go, Oh wait! I haven't even thought about this one thing in a while, and I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what I—that's what I gleaned from watching your videos. Like before I started playing with you, like you know, I—I I could say that, like, wow, look how much power, look how much flow, look how much uh, you know, connected and all that, all these words, but you know, I'm realizing now that what I was seeing was a drummer who is not thinking about his body. You've done enough work for long enough that these things are, you don't have to think about them. Like you're, you're a hundred percent focused on the drums, on the music, not about how your body is moving, how it's doing, what it's doing, how it's getting around right. the kit. Like you've put that stuff in place. So now your, your flow mind can just be applied yes. and work that machinery.
1: Yeah. And that's the, and that's exactly the ultimate goal Yeah, is, is so, so I have an idea. It happens. Yep. A lot of times people have an idea. It gets stuck somewhere. Right. And, and, or they, like I was, they, they
0: do, they're able to do the idea, but it's through end gaining.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you could kind yeah. of rustle it out of yourself. Yeah and you can physically play it, but it's not going to feel as good. And one point that I sort of alluded to earlier, but I can't tell you how many people I've, I've done this stuff with and they go and play with their band. You know, they're in some huge band, really famous, uh, famous band. And they go and play with the band and the members have no idea they've studied with me or anything. And they go, man, what it like, you sound great. Like, Like it feels, it feels really good, you know, like, and they can, they can, they can tell a difference. And ultimately that is really what this is all about is making the music better. And if you get rid of as much tension as physically possible while playing, it's going to feel better. Yep. And that's, that's going to make the music better it's going to make everyone on stage more comfortable and it's going to make the audience happy
0: yeah and i feel like there's you know what i alluded to earlier about sort of my energy going further you know i don't i don't know if my groove is better like i don't know if i felt greasier back when i was using shitty posture or whatever Um, (laughs)
3: like
0: I, i don't know i'm still exploring that but like I just uh I I feel like, you know, when when you're playing with someone whether it's a drummer or or anyone else, like you can feel whether or not there is like energy and juice coming off yes. of them. Not just yes. not just in what they're playing, but just in their stage presence, right? Like mm-hmm. they start playing and it's like, "Oh shit, there's a there's a force <laughs> here." Right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would like to think that, that some of that is starting to come out of me. Um, I've had a couple people yeah tell me as much, but like, it's great. You know, it's, it's like I said, the energy is starting to reach beyond the set, even though what I'm playing is like most of the time a lot simpler than it used to be just out of necessity. Um, I, I feel like I'm playing with a lot more intentionality and a lot more spirit and, um,
1: beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And it, and it's like it's like you're used to sort of, you know, uh, plugging into a wall and then all of a sudden you plug into like a power line.
0: Right, right.
1: And you're like, oh, shit, like yep. this, you know, this is like so, some other whole other thing here. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It yeah, is a little yeah. woo woo, but like, I, I definitely feel it.
1: Yeah, it's a real thing, man.
0: Yeah. Bring on the woo woo, man! Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I'm all I mean, about it. Yeah, my my wife and yeah. I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we just we spent a month oh. a month there recently. So we're we're just steeped in the woo. <laughs>
3: I
1: mean, dude, uh, and, and like I I, I think. I think it's just good to be skeptical. I mean, there's definitely stuff I talk about and read with people where they're like, "Whoa," you know, and and uh, and there's stuff that people talk about with me where I'm like, oh, "I don't know about that," but <laughs> I'll check, I'll check, I'll check everything out and 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 do some some research and I'll come to my own my own conclusions. But I, I will say this: in the past five years, based on life experiences I've had uh, with people who are much smarter than I am and have much greater life experience than I do. I've definitely been more accepting of certain things that I just had no idea about before. Right,
0: right. And it's interesting how like the, you know, the biological, the physiological can sort of open you up to maybe the the metaphysical or the spiritual or the... <laughs>
1: Well, but yeah, because we can have blocks in our, in our mind yep. that our body will sort of let, let in a side door a back door, and then it will travel up to our mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's sort of, our, you know, our bodies are, are smart. And so, you know, I've definitely had experiences of that directly where my mind had real strong blocks or walls up and my body found the way in hmm. and then everything con- connected later on.
2: I think that's what my deep tissue masseuse recognized in me. Like your, your mind is blocking this change, whether or not she was going for that or not. She tapped into something. And then the next time I saw her, I said, that was like the best thing you, you said. And she almost didn't remember saying it to me. She's like, really? (laughs) I was like, yeah, you know,
1: that's great. I love, see, I love that because to her, she was just like, at the moment she was like, this is going on with you but to her it was just another another day in the life because she's coming from that place and she's trying to get you there as well
2: and she's old school like grew up in middle tennessee you know she's like right. even though she does what she does she's not she's not so woo woo i mean if anything in in nashville just the fact that i own a prius everyone thinks that i'm super woo woo <laughs> Why do you hate America, man? So I could pretty much go from there. But, um, but no, she tapped into something, whether it was intentional or not, that, that released something for me.
3: Mm,
1: that's yeah. beautiful. You're lucky to have her.
2: Yeah, I am. Yeah. There's another part of this whole sort
0: of like, you know, wellness health thing uh, that I've been wanting to ask you about for a long time because I'm curious about your approach. What do you eat? And what don't you eat? Like, what is your whole approach to diet and eating and nutrition?
1: That's a funny question. Um, that is essentially something, honestly, that I've never had any control over, um, Mm -hmm. Which is, which is why I work out six days a week. Um, <laughs> meaning, I
0: love- meaning you're unable not to shove shit in your face all the time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, I mean, like like most people, I love food. Yeah, And I'm a, and I'm a to- total foodie, and I'm the guy all my friends call like to see what restaurants are, are good and in town or if they're traveling or whatever. And I think that's actually fairly common with a lot of touring musicians because after you tour enough, that's ah. essentially kind of, if you're not a junkie, it's kind of like all you can really do on tour. Like, <laughs> we, just, we just got into, like, Toronto. What's the bomb spot to hit right, here, right. you know, for, like, after show food, you know? Um, so because um, it's something, uh, you know, I, I essentially exist on, you know, top, tacos and burritos and, and Indian food and Himalayan food. And I mean, that's uh, Thai food. I mean, I like really spicy stuff. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I eat all the time. And I, I am able to not be 400 pounds because I work out, uh, six days a week. And, uh, Diana, my body worker recently, uh, maybe, I don't know, five or six months ago, I'd put, you know, like most people, I'd put on about 15 pounds during COVID. <laughs> and she, we were talking about intermittent fasting. <clears throat> it's something i would tried before, but it didn't really work for me. And because I think most people, you can obviously draw all sorts of analogies here, the information that has been provided to us from... The powers that be, in terms of what a good diet is, was yeah. like three, three huge meals a day, eat right. a bunch of dairy and, and carbs, and <laughs> like and like and like and like sugars fine, like whatever. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's 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 you know, as you guys know, the information we've been provided is not accurate. Yeah, uh, and so <clears throat> essentially, one thing that she hit me to was. She was like, you know, you should try this intermittent fasting thing. And I was like, yeah, but I've tried working out without without eating anything. I get really lightheaded and it freaks me out. And she was like, well, here's what you can do. You can get you can use a couple tablespoons of like whipping cream in your espresso and the fat will give you energy to work out. But you're not having actually any any like carbs or, or sugar or food. So you're. I guess some people would think that's sort of breaking the fast, but it's sort of a little bit of a hack you can use.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I, I, whereas, like, I was eating, you know, oatmeal or something, you know, and using the oatmeal as fuel. And so now I'm just using the fat. And she was saying, if you only are eating that, that fat from that cream with the espresso, it actually will, will, will eventually train your body to use fat as fuel. So after oh, you wow. work through the, the fat from the cream, you'll start working on your, your fat uh, that's stored in your body. And so I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, four or five months now. And I've lost 15 pounds and I feel wow. the best I've felt in my entire life. I eat way less food. I, I, I have one, maybe two meals a day um so it's changed and i feel so much that used to be a real problem with teaching for me is i would i'd, I'd eat breakfast workout and then i and then i'd eat something before i'd start teaching and i'd just be like groggy and my mind would be slow and it was really frustrating for me because that's you know not the way i want to be operating right and um it's really this has really changed my life substantially and i'm so thankful for for her for for just showing me that little tweak and. Um, but, you know, last night I had, like, some crazy Sichuan spicy lamb noodle thing in Seattle <laughs> here I'm visiting my sister. It's amazing. So, you know, do I eat, like, salads and super healthy all the time? No. Um, but I do what I can to uh, do it in a way where I am, you know, not – causing any damage i got all my blood work done like cholesterol everything's fine you know because i take care of myself so and i know what you mean
0: about like you kind of learn how to sort of game your body's system as far as what you eat and when you eat it and uh what what you're about to do in life (laughs) right yeah yeah, because i i I don't imagine you ate all that szechuan noodle lamb shit you know like right before you taught a bunch of lessons or right before you played a (laughs) gig. like
3: well
1: and 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 the other thing is like One of the big things because this has shifted the time I eat. Usually, I will stop eating around eight PM and uh, start eating around noon. So it's like typical intermittent fasting where you eat for eight hours, you fast fast for sixteen. And so, uh, what what I'll do is I'll you know I go to the gym usually around sometime between seven and nine every day, and then I start teaching around you know between 10 and 11 every day. And I will just have like jerky or, or some sort of like protein bar as I'm teaching. I'll, I'll just snack throughout the day and then I'll have dinner. Like, and that's a lot of times my only real meal and, and I need to eat bare minimum three to four hours before I go to bed. That was a, been a huge thing. I have this aura ring, which I can talk about, which has been also life changing. I've been taping my mouth shut, which has to do with that James Nestor book to help with my sleep when I, wow. when, I when I'm when I'm sleeping. That's Crazy. a whole other thing. So all of this stuff is is related, but but with the diet stuff specifically, man, I used to go out and, and get like dirty, greasy taco truck stuff at like <laughs> you know eleven o'clock, and then come home and go to sleep at midnight. And I was like, why am I sleeping so terribly? So. That's yeah. another thing that's had like a huge effect on me, regardless of what I'm eating.
0: Yeah, man, all wow. this all this reminds me of uh, uh, Tom Brady talking about, I, I forgot yep. what interview it was. Uh, I, or I think like a um, maybe it was Jimmy Garoppolo or like a quarterback that he mentored. You know, Jimmy kind of asked mm. him like, how how can I still be playing football when I'm your age? and and mm-hmm. Tom Brady was like, well, I basically spend every minute of every day, preparing to play football. Like it's in my diet, it's in my sleep, it's in how much I drink. Like he yep. he is engineering his system for maximal performance at all yep. times. Like it is his beyond full-time job to mm-hmm. prepare his body to work. Um yep. and you know, not that any of us are Tom Brady and not that any of us are going to spend every minute of every day doing that, but like the idea of um you know, there's there's always a price to pay for everything you put in your body and hundred percent, sometimes you're totally willing and able to pay the price, right? Like if, if Mm -hmm. you don't, if you don't have to be on in any way, like get the lamb Szechuan thing and drink drink all the beers and maybe not sleep very good. And the next day you don't have to do shit. That's great. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing my schedule now as like, okay, how do I have to prepare my body and mind to not suck at, you know, <laughs> nine o'clock tomorrow night. Um, yep. and uh, yeah, it's and just, all
1: this stuff gets, all this stuff gets the more important, the more, the older you get.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that, like I, I was talking with, um, Frank Zumo on, on my last interview yep. and we were talking about just all this physical stuff. And at a certain point I was like, man, this is a 40 something conversation. If ever yeah. there was one.
1: <laughs> well, well, that's what, you know, Diana, my massage therapist she's like you know you need to start working out when you're like
2: 40 if you're
1: not already like Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes really important if you want to you know play drums until you're moses's age as she says
2: (laughs) she's hilarious dude i spent like an hour and a half with her she is a freaking trip
1: she's my yoda as i always say
2: (laughs) very much so uh she um she talked a lot about tom brady and, and going, going to his website and following those things. Because again, uh, like I said, I'm the OG guy. The, 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 here's, here's one of the last things I, I, I want to say to you, because i got to actually roll here pretty soon. But um, the struggle with—this the, 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 is the struggle that's real, is when you're out working with other musicians, no matter what their age, whatever their situation is, a lot of times because of the, the physical demand— that drumming has on us. We are trying to be cognizant of this. I mean, the drummers are most likely, we eat the best, we take care of ourselves the best. And you're on tour with people that just be, come on, man, have a drink with us. Like, what the hell? You know, like we hired you to like play drums and hang with us. Like a lot of us, we talked about this in the podcast for years. Oh man, a great way to get a gig is to be a good hang. You know, everybody can play, but you gotta be a good hang. And sometimes people that equate that with, well, being able to like, hang with the group when they're doing their thing and, you know, after the gig and it's like, okay, well, I, yeah, I do want to sit down and have some drinks with you, but you know, I got to catch a plane early in the morning and I might have a gig waiting when I land or something like that.
1: That's a fantastic point. And for a lot of people, uh, I think at this point in my life, cause I don't drink very often. And even when I go to get dinner with friends, which is like my favorite thing to do, uh in town and on tour, uh everyone's like, oh man, why don't you have a drink? And I'm like, nah, I don't if I'm driving, I don't have a yeah. you know, single drink. It doesn't make any sense. It's not worth it. Uh and and like, oh man, come on, you know, and I've I've reached a point where I just tell people I'm sober. Hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. easier uh because you know uh, it, it, you just avoid the whole conversation and then the whole they just drop the whole thing you know and you just go yeah i'm laying yeah. off or i'm sober or whatever and uh, and you can still hang and i think that's just the easiest way to deal with that really
2: yeah yeah it's a tough it, one it, it,
1: it is about the hang but also like when i did the volta thing they would get on stage and like have chalk glasses of tequila and like cheers and i was 20 i was like 25 and you know that was my first like real big gig and and uh everyone was way older than me and 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 uh and so you know there's a lot of pressure to be like oh i, I better do that and i was like hey you know what you guys can just put water in mine like i gotta play the show well right and they were like all right <laughs> like and so i just cheers with water and right like, whatever,
3: yeah you know
0: right yeah. 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 And I mean, you were a weird thing. You were aware of that when you were 25, like I'm just becoming aware, like if somebody hands me a shot on a gig, you know, my, my first thought is like, how, how am I going to be feeling in 45 minutes if I do this right now? Like I'm going to be in the middle of the second set, like hating life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Also that, that alcohol or whatever substances you want to, you want to talk about that, that all affects how we interpret reality how totally. we interpret time i mean we're spending so much effort like zoning in on the most minuscule aspects of timekeeping and right. then you're like oh yeah let's have a beer and it's just like you just threw everything out the window
0: right and in yeah, in addition to man. like the, you know the inebriation perception aspect of it not like you know you you spent all this time like trying to get your body to work right and now you're going to ask it to play drums and process beer. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. yeah. Yeah. I mean, would Tom Brady go play a football game after drinking a few beers? No.
2: Yeah. Yeah, not at all. So seeing so seeing what Babe Ruth did or Bonham did, <laughs> those guys were otherworldly, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's insane, but also, you know, Bonham died when he was 33.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah.
1: I mean, you have to be hitting the sauce pretty hard to, to die yeah. at that age. It, well, it reminds There's me of that.
0: another an, another sort of you know aha thing that I had with Dave was you know I was talking about my influences and my um, you know favorite drummers. Vis-a-vis their posture and how, you know, Mm. over like in various instances, I would sort of emulate someone's posture, even though it sucked, you know, in an effort, (laughs) in an effort to play like them. And Dave was like, the thing you got to understand about them is like they're talented enough to get away with it. Right. Their posture sucks. Their their movement sucks, but they're just so talented that they can just will the playing to come out of them despite this and the rest of us, well, yeah. <laughs> like we're not yes, that talented. We have to move yeah, right. Well,
1: absolutely. And they are, they are who they are in spite. Of their use, their Not because of it.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And that is so important. And that is the definition of being gifted. Yeah. Someone can mm-hmm. have horrible use. They can have zero knowledge of what they're doing technically yet. They can still do it that's what being gifted is and yeah. as long as they don't want to be a teacher it doesn't matter at all <laughs> Every, everyone everyone i've played with you know like the the, the guys from dillinger escape plan the mars volta guys like you know i haven't played with any of the guys from the but you know they're good friends of mine they've all all those bands have changed music uh definitely from a technical perspective and most of them have no clue what they're doing
3: hmm yeah
1: like not like barely know what they're doing um, and that's fine because <laughs> because because you go and see them play and they're crushing you listen to the records like it's amazing um, but you know the problem i have is when you get people like that either in bands or, or without bands who are incredibly gifted and then they start try to start teaching And I have a real serious problem with that because they're inherently going to be terrible teachers because they've never had to break down anything for themselves Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're gifted. Right. So how Mm -hmm. are they going to do that with other people? And, you know, you hear stories of people, unfortunately, booking lessons with some of these guys and they go, well, how do you do this? And they go, I don't know. I just do it. Like, you you can't do it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh boy, you know?
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's made some of our interviews a challenge. I I could I I from personal experience, I've interviewed some guys I'm like, "Man, why do you do this?" and "What about this?" and they're like, oh, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's why you're a badass."
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I've had that experience. It's man, crazy. That's why you're a badass. Hey, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to I I'm I'm going to have to I'm going to have to jet, but Yeah, man, we're good. This we're good. is this has been this has been just more than I could have expected. This is great, uh, Dave. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Um, it, and I'm glad that you wanted to have both of us on here. And it's and I'm real excited to see what um, what what this third version has in store. Uh, I've I've so enjoyed even just even just part of the fir- this this last version that you've had. I've I've I'm going to be spending a lot of time on it, continuing. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah and, some, and something else is like that. I don't know if I made clear enough is once you buy the course once every iteration that I will ever release, you'll just log in and it'll be there and you'll have access to it. Right. I'm never going to charge anyone ever again. Um, I was going to mention that at
0: the at the top, like you're you know, you're you're yeah. grandfathered into all future content with the course.
1: Exactly. And you said this, exactly. this latest third is pretty cool.
0: latest third version is like two hours of new content.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's like six hours of content, you know? Yeah. And so, so yeah. uh, And I'll just do that forever.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for talking with us, Dave. Real pleasure as always. Of
1: course. Of course. I had a great time. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks to Dave for that hang. As you can probably tell, Matt and I cannot recommend his course highly enough. It's really given both of us a whole new perspective on how we move, how we play, how we think, And it feels like a truly sustainable approach. Once again, you can get 10% off Dave's course at DaveElich.com by using the promo code DRUMCLICK. That's one word, D-R-U-M-C-L-I-C-K. And I'll recommend to you what Dave recommended uh, in his first interview in episode 348, which is to buy the course first, Go through it, get hip to some concepts and techniques on your own, then book a private lesson with him, and you can really get into some details that are specific to you. I'm telling you, both the course and private lessons are worth every penny. Next week, Matt will be talking with our old friend Nick Buta. This touring and session stalwart of Nashville was guest number two on Working Drummer Podcast way back in 2015, and Matt is going to catch up with him and see what's been going on since then hope you check that out. Until then, stay safe, get vaxed, get boosted, wash your damn hands, wear your damn mask, be nice, have a good holiday, and thanks for listening. Cheers.